Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's an op-ed in the National Post by Frank Stronach. We must stop the explosive growth of government bureaucracy before it's too late. Mr. Stronach is perhaps Canada's most successful entrepreneur and founder of Magna International. I just want to... Well, let me put uh, Mr. Stronach on the air first, and then I want to read just a few lines from his op-ed. How are you, Frank? I'm great, Roy. I enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Great to be on your show. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to speak with you, always. Let me just read a few lines from your, from your op-ed. And it's the beginning. You wrote, 10 years ago, the Montreal-based Institute for Research on Public Policy published an article in its Policy Options magazine titled Fixing the Bureaucracy, which quoted a retired deputy minister who claimed that Canada's civil service was, quote, seriously overstaffed. If we were seriously overstaffed with bureaucrats in 2013, what would the former deputy minister say today? Back in 2013, the federal government employed nearly 263,000 civil servants. Today, Ottawa employs more than 357,000, a 36% increase in one decade. More than 20,000 new federal civil servants joined the bureaucratic ranks in the last year alone. Frank, this is head-spinning stuff. Yeah, it's very, very serious, very... uh, The economy can't function, right? The, the, The artery of the economy, they're full with cholesterol. You know, it gets worse and worse. But let me make one thing clear. In a civilized society, nobody should be made the scapegoat. Like uh, people have a right to find a job, whatever openings there are. The system doesn't function. Okay, the system. So uh, we, the the bureaucracy is climbing on a municipal level, on a provincial level, and on the national level. But we, you know, I've always said the harder a bureaucrat works, the more bureaucrat he's going to create. But at the same time, I do say it's not the fault. It's, it's the system doesn't function. We've got to take a look at the system. Yeah, and you point to the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, small business in this country, as an example of a sector that has been negatively affected by this massive growth of bureaucracy. Yes, uh, uh, for instance, I, I have an example. Uh, I I have a piece of land, you know, a farm, and uh, I got a permit to build a greenhouse, but I want to build uh, next to the greenhouse a farmer's market. I'm, I'm waiting for two and a half years now to get a permit, right? <laughs> Amen. It's this, it's that, and that doesn't come for So it's, it's so difficult, huh? Look, uh, I've, I've always pointed out, uh, uh, you know, uh, when the first computers came on the market about uh, 50 years ago, the slogan was, if you got one of those computers, you can, cr- you can eliminate a little uh, office for an office building. Now, when I look around in any city, it might have been Europe or uh, the United States or Canada, there's 20 times more office buildings. Yeah. What do you think they do it? They don't make products in there. It's regulations, regulations, and financial transactions. Yeah. So we gotta, we gotta. Basically, I'm saying we gotta take a look. We gotta start making things again. You know, you're right. Uh, the CFIB, Canadian Federation of Independent Business, estimates that government regulations cost small businesses nearly forty billion dollars 
annually. Of that amount, it estimates that roughly 30% is unnecessary, redundant, or overly burdensome regulation. These are small businesses. This is mom and pop. These are the people, quite often, who sponsor the you know the minor league baseball team or the kids' hockey team. And it's I very think, difficult for them to function in that kind of environment. I think small business is the backbone of any country. In most, most jobs are created. I think most taxes are collected by the governments. And most, uh, you know, the new inventions, the new products, the new, the, the new patents, the two, it, it is created by small business, right? So, uh, so small business will, will, uh, is very much, uh, handicapped by the way, by this uh, huge amount of uh, bureaucracy, which, uh, which is climbing every, every year. So we, I, th- I think, again, we, in, a, in a civilized way, we got, we got to take a look at that. What can we do to reduce it? Yeah. And, and you write, uh, quoting you here, I've suggested for quite some time now that we should reduce government overhead by 5% per year over a 10-year period. In the meantime, however, we need to take more urgent action. We should implement an immediate freeze on all hiring in the civil service, and we should enact a policy that whenever a civil servant retires, the job will remain permanently vacant. And and here you have government that flies in the in the face of common sense, like you wrote, and they hire massively, hugely larger numbers of uh, of, of civil servants. Um, yeah, but it basically shows you that government doesn't do anything. They look at that and uh, they approve it. Otherwise, it's not possible. So you're right, bureaucracy so it's not is... not the civil servants. It's, it's, it's government officials. Yeah. Frank, you wrote... Bu- parliament. You wrote bureaucracy is like... Did you hear any... Do you hear anybody, any parliamentarian say, look, we gotta, we got to make sure that we eliminate our debt. Our debt is climbing yeah. $150 million every day on just the interest payments. That's, uh, that's insane. Um, and we finally found out from the Parliamentary Bureau, uh, Parliamentary Budget Officer on this program, he told us that the interest uh, that we pay each year now is $46 billion just to service the debt. Yes, it's huge. It, it's uh, you know, it's like it's a hundred and fifty million a day. Oh, man. So you wrote in your That's piece about three billion a month. Bureaucracy is like a cancer. Yes. Spreads if it's unchecked, and it what it strangles. It strangles the economy. It strangles the it's, country. It's like when you relate it to the human body, you know, if your if your arteries, if there's too much cholesterol, the blood can flow. Mm-hmm. And the economy can't, uh, the, the economic arteries, uh, they are just starting to get plugged. How does it affect larger companies, Frank, like your Magna, which you grew from a small company, very small company, and you talked to us about that on the air the first time we had a conversation, to, a, to an absolutely outstandingly run and very successful international corporation. How does bureaucracy negatively affect the corporate reality in this country. Well, I've, I I created a system where uh, where we are still basically a small company. Uh, you, you imagine I started from scratch from a garage up, a company which which employs a hundred and seventy thousand employees. Wow. Just imagine that. So I 
every factory, yes, we have a few factories where, where we have maybe about five, 6,000 uh, people. Those are just a few. But we have over four, about 420 factories. And pretty well, 90% where we see that the factory doesn't grow, grow larger than 200 people per factory. Yes, we have automation, we have robotics, the factories are large. But it's the people content. When, we, when there's more and more people, you know, in one spot, people become a number. It doesn't work. So we got no central purchasing. We got no, it, everything is decentralized and every factory is a separate profit center. So we cannot, the head office cannot say, you the man, you must buy from that and that source because the price is good. If you do that, the next time you hear from, 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 the, from a fellow which manages a factory and say, look, the price was good, but the quality was bad. That's why my customer is unhappy. Next time he would say the, the price was good, the quality was good, but the delivery was bad. So we have a totally decentralized system. The manager can manage and uh, he can take advantage to run under the corporate umbrella or he could be outside of it. So we got to take a look at the system. There's no difference, uh, you know. Uh, when I work in a factory, I, can, I pretty well can tell without looking at the books if they make money or not. If I see too much offices, there's no way they, that factory can make monies. There's no matter how hard the, the workers on the factory floor work, if up front there's too many offices. So we got to really take a look at the system. Frank, you speak such common sense, and you've been so successful in life. You continue to be so successful in life, and yet government, they don't seem to be able to understand the, 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 the clear logic well, the argument that you're putting forward, because they just... I, I'm actually putting... I put the better seven-point program, right? Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I want I to stress very much. It, it doesn't lead anything if you point the finger, hey, it's the fault of this and that. We all we all at fault to a certain extent, right? So we just got to come up with the system, which where we... Mm, where we, where the economy works again. I've always said, and I think everybody agrees, all the politicians agree, if the economy doesn't work, nothing else will work. You cannot feed the hungry, you cannot look after the most fragile people, the elderly, the sick and the handicapped, but we do not talk what makes the economy work. The economy is driven by three forces, smart managers, hardworking employees, and investors. All three have a right to the outcome, which is profits. The message I want to get across, employees have a moral right, the sum of the profits to help to generate. And the system, if you got this gigantic large factors, it doesn't work. People become a number. Yeah, they do. Frank, so I'm, I'm working on a program, and hopefully, hopefully it's not a political, it's purely, it's purely economic. Where I try to say, look, it doesn't matter if you be uh, an anti-Bilo or a liberal or conservative, for the sake of the country, we got to make sure the economy works. Yes, sir. Frank, thank you so, so much I'm, for the I'm, time. I'm, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I should send you in that uh, call it the Sunboy program. I really appreciate you coming on the show again, Frank. Thank you so very much. Okay, great. Look forward. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. 
And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry, hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.